Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. What is up, soccer players? Welcome to another episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It is me, your co-host, Handy, with my main man, Sebastian. Sebastian, what's going on, man? How you doing? Andy, you doing all right, man. Hanging out, living life, watching soccer. Living life. Doing? Living life and watching soccer. That's that's the dream. Remember, like, those those high school and college summers where you had these crazy summer, summer tournaments going on? I remember it was, what year was it? Maybe 2016, where it was Copa and euros in the same summer and starting like 12 noon it was just yeah i'm done for the day remember those days the real american dream right there (laughs) i remember uh i graduated high school 2010 and that was the year of the 2010 world cup best summer of my life oh yes yes that is those were those were the days where you can just sit back and be done for the day and have like eight more hours of uh of soccer to watch but um you know, I, I was actually looking like a week or two ago. I was like, man, the season's ending. There's no Copa. There's no Euros. There, there isn't too much. And then I remembered, boom, Nations League. And I was like, oh, this all, this will be interesting. But um, yeah, I, I think we're going to have a fun summer of soccer regardless. And the season will be back before we know it. Hey, man, still some stuff going on. Nations League, depending on where you're watching, who you're watching. We got the Women's Euros this summer. If you're into oh, that, that is true. Yeah, I'll be watching for sure. Women's yeah, like Concacaf World Cup qualifying going on too. Yeah, that is that is. You know what? The Euros. I'm I'm actually going to tune into those because in the last two years or so, um, I've been watching a little bit more women's soccer, but I haven't seen much on the European side. Um, so that'll that'll be interesting. When does that start? Do you know? I don't know the exact date, but I mean, my player to watch right now with that's going to be Hegerberg. She's Nice with it. Uh, Just in the Champions League with Leon. She's too good, man. I got to be watching her. I was watching some uh, Puteas highlights the other day. Yo, she's a <laughs> baller, man. Oh, my. Yeah, it's man. Like, I haven't seen a player like that since, like, Iniesta. Like, straight up. Like, oof. Like, yeah, oh. Just, like, <laughs> you watch it and it just, you know, women's game. And they just do magical things with the ball as well. And it's incredible to watch. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll we'll do an episode on that when it when it gets a little bit closer. But uh, uh, today we got we got three interesting topics. We're talking uh, about the finalissima, about how you know Messi. Oh my God! Well, I, I can't wait to chat on that. You know, he, he's doing some crazy things physically um, as well as technically. We're talking about the USMNT and some of the young stars they got going out there. Uh, but we're gonna start with Ukraine. They are a very interesting to look at. Um, a, a team that has really ri- risen to the occasion recently. And we're going to talk about, you know, their, their training schedule, what they've been doing, have they been modifying, given the fact that they can't really train in their home country right now, and given the fact that they have so many important games in such a short time span. Um, 
what do you think of I, I guess generally overall what's what's Ukraine's vibe to you right now like what do you what are you feeling out of this team when, when you see them on the field first off I mean I think we all know what's been going on with Ukraine and just the fact that they're even fielding a team and they're playing these matches is incredible I think that what, what we see from them is just grit hard work determination right and I, I would say that that's going to be what's going to take them forward. That's one of that's what's going to lead to them playing at their best in their next game as well. It's just they're there for their whole country. You know, a, a lot of times you we look at these international teams and we see how much like they fight for their flag, they fight for their whole country. And I think these Ukraine players, based on the feedback they've gotten from fans from their own country, they're going to be trying to do everything possible just to represent their country and make them proud and bring everything to light and bring that attention to the world cup as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a very interesting team for sure. Um, so they've actually been training as a national team for the past month, starting in, in, uh, in May. And what it, what is actually crazy to think is these clubs in Ukraine, they generally, they run on a similar schedule to the rest of Europe, but they take a winter break from about December into January and sometimes part of February. And this past season, they went on break in December and they did not return. Once it was kind of made evident that this is going to be more of a long-term conflict between Ukraine and Russia, they, they ended the season and they crowned whoever was at the top champions at that time. Meaning that many of the players who play for the Ukrainian national team haven't been training in the early part of this year until recently. Yeah, and I think that's crazy for them. They just stopped cold turkey, like literally forced to stop. And you you mentioned that they've been training it for about a month now. And something to even think about is they had to take a 37-hour bus ride to leave the Ukraine and get to their wow. training camp of sorts in Slovenia. Oh, and from there, all those players are training, but then all of their, I would say like top tier players, the one that play in the other European leagues, like Zinchenko and Malinovsky, Yarmolenko, they, they were still playing in the premier league and the Serie A. Mm. So we got those, the guys that were based in the Ukraine, they started training together, building up some fitness and they were just recently joined up with by players like Zinchenko who had to play in the champion, not champions league final and at the end of the premier league a couple of weeks ago. So they, they've been training for a bit. And I, honestly, I think the fact that they were together as a team for that amount of time, maybe helped them this last game. I, I think it did help them because right now Ukraine have 26 players um, with their national team. And of those 26, 16 of them play for clubs in Ukraine, most of them coming from Dynamo Kiev or, um, or um, Shakhtar Donetsk. And that means all of those players, the large majority, were, we don't know what they were doing for about four months. Um, but a lot of them are familiar with each other because they play on one of two teams. They've been training nonstop for the last month, maybe month and a half. And how many times do you really get to see a national team train together where not only the technical staff, but the physical staff has the opportunity to actually like make changes to them? Because when you, when you generally have an international window of 10, 12 days, you're, 
you, you can't really improve someone's strength or their speed or their endurance. They kind of come as they come and you can try and communicate beforehand, but um, sometimes that doesn't, that doesn't always happen to the level that you want it to. Um, so I, I thought it gives the Ukrainian national team staff a really cool opportunity to really work with the players and even like implement some like elements of periodization in the month, the month and a half that they have. And they're going to be together for what it looks like another month. So that's that's quite a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. So I think having a lot of those players being together ahead of time helped them against a team from Scotland that, I mean, we can get into Scotland a little bit too at some point, but overall, so like looking at the starting lineup, right? You mentioned 16 of the players on the call-up were from play in Ukraine. Well, five five of the starters played outside of the Ukraine, meaning, so we got Yaramchuk who plays in Portugal. We got Zinchenko, Man City, Malinovsky, Natalanta, Yarmolenko, top 16, West Ham. And we got Mikolenko who's on Everton now. So we got all these players playing in like big leagues, relatively big teams. And everybody else on the starting lineup plays for either, like you mentioned, Shakhtar Donetsk or Dynamo Kiev. So all these high level players and you bring a bunch of other guys that are, are, are winners. They're top two teams in Ukraine. These guys are always winning their championships. I think it was a recipe for success. And, um, you know, it was fun to watch. It, it, it was interesting for sure. Um, and in the past few weeks, they have been playing some friendlies. Like they played against Mönchengladbach. They played against Empoli. Um, they have you know, World Cup qualifying right now, which they're in the middle of. And then they have a few Nations League games after that. So, yeah, out of every national team in the entire world, in terms of preparation, especially with the condensed calendar this summer, they you can argue that their coaching staff has had the most time with their players out of everybody. And um, maybe that'll that'll come into play in uh, in November, December at the World Cup. But um, that, that is a long time from way from where we are right now. And, you know, maybe things change. Yeah, we got to get there. We got one more game. Got to beat Wales and then they'll be in it. Um, but wh- what do you think about these, the friendlies that they play? Like, they're playing against a bunch of teams that are done with their season. Like, what kind of intensity do you think can be brought? And do you think that it can genuinely help these players get into game shape? Mm, I, I think it's, you can look at it from that perspective. And I, I think the level of intensity of the games is really going to come ba- down to the clubs that they're playing against. Um, if those clubs are taking those games seriously for whatever reason, maybe they're playing players who are fighting for contracts or more playing time in the future, or maybe they're playing a few reserve players. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna take it seriously. Um, okay. But I mean, Ukraine, you know, they again twenty six players, twenty six champions, and they're all fighting for playing time too. They want to play. So I, okay. I think from a, a fitness perspective, it's a it's a good matchup. Um, I also think it's it's very different when you're a national team and you're playing against a club team because that club team has been playing and training together for multiple months at this point, close to a year. And they are experts as a team at looking at another team and breaking them down. And, you know, the, Ukraine has been together for a while, but at the same time, a month or two is only a month or two. And a lot of these players, maybe they're not up to the, the chemistry as a club team who's been together for an entire year. Um, so I, I haven't watched those matches, but 
I would be interesting to see what the coaching staffs from each team would have to say after each match. Yeah. And I mean, I doubt we could even see video of those friendly matches, but I, I think it, it's good for reps. It's good for building team cohesion mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. at least just like playing together. Right. Cause I, when we were playing, when I was playing as well in, in high school, we'd still have friendlies when I working with the team I coach now we still have friendlies to kind of build that cohesion use your strategy and develop styles of play so I definitely still think it had value and you mentioned it as well these players want to start they want to play right we've got like they got three players that play in the Premier League that are likely guaranteed starters every single game but everybody else like they got to put in the work and they got to bring it so I agree I think they definitely had value in those games now um they beat Scotland the other day. They play, if you're listening to this, this, this game might have happened already, but they play Wales this coming weekend. Um, what what are you thinking? It's are, are, Do you consider Wales a, a one or two man team? Like, what, what's your thoughts on, on Wales? What's going to happen versus Ukraine? I think, I mean, the world is rooting for Ukraine, right? I think they're a good team. This is a team that tied against France twice in World mm-hmm. Cup qualifying. Mm-hmm. They, they're not. They're not like somebody who's surprising anybody. They're not. They're not out here um, with players that we've never heard of. Right? We mentioned it. There's five dudes that play in very high level leagues, and these are, are players on high level teams. Versus when we look at teams like Scotland and Wales, good players. Right? We, we've got Gareth Bale. Obviously, we've got some other very talented players on Wales. But are they on championship level teams outside of? Gareth Bale on Real Madrid? Are mm-hmm. they playing on teams that are consistently winning? Hmm. I don't know. Like, for example, I was looking at Scotland's roster and I was like, yes, Billy Gilmore, like amazing, like very good young talent. Played for Norwich if he played this year. Hmm. So, like, what kind of intensity, what kind of winning mentality is gonna is he gonna bring versus all these dudes on Ukraine? They're gonna they expect to win every single time they play when they play with their club, and they bring that with the national team as well. Mm-hmm. So my opinion and what I want to happen is um, I think Ukraine's going to win it. That, that would be, that would be nice. That would be nice to see. Um, I, I mean, I do wish we could see Gareth Bale at another world cup. Cause that's all he wanted these last four years. It's just like, I'm just going to stay fit for, uh, for Wales and, you know, do my you, thing. You can get into the, you can start the PGA tour early. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honestly, <laughs> he could play maybe who knows maybe he's actually good yeah. i think he's he good. practices yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um what do, yeah. what do you think is gonna happen though who do you think is gonna win that game i mean i i think that it's gonna be ukraine versus bale and bale could produce a a, a performance where he takes him out just him I think you can. Um, and yeah, I, I think Bale is probably one of the only players whose desire and passion to play for his country matches that of somebody from Ukraine. And um, I, I also think he, in terms of talent, he's the best player on the field. Um, so is he still? I, I, yeah, is that, I, I think even he's that, still like, there. I don't even know. I mean, you see I mean, that I'm, free kick he did looking... the other day. You know, it was kind of nice. Yeah. He, you know, he tapped yeah. the goal and then put it right there. It was. <laughs> I'm just looking cool. at like the rest of the players on Wales, and I don't know. Like we we got some good players, like 
Aiden yeah. Ramsey still exists, uh, but yeah. like it's kind of he he was on Rangers this year and didn't do well. Mm. I don't know. Ben Davies, cool. He played on Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite team anyway. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what at, happens. At the same time, you know, they are where they are. Yep. You know, if they, if they were that poor, then maybe they wouldn't be there. But they're there. That's true. Let's see what happens. I don't know. We'll see I'm what happens. going for a Ukraine victory. Yeah. Um, let's take a break. But when we come back, we're talking Messi, Finalissima. We're talking USMNT. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. VTruve is a reliable, affordable, and easy-to-use velocity-based training system that allows sports medicine staff to monitor and evaluate an athlete's performance in the gym. There are so many scientific papers supporting velocity-based training, showing how athletes can get stronger, more powerful, and reduce their injury risk. Most of all, it's one of the best ways to maximize athlete intent during a fitness or rehab session. Check out the link in the description to learn more about VTruve today. And we are back. Um, let, let's let's come out strong here. Did you did you watch the game? Uh, Argentina versus uh, versus Italy. What did you think? Uh, I watched some of it, and I think it was um it was a good game. It, yeah. I think it was it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch Argentina play. I think uh, more importantly, maybe not more importantly, but. Something to highlight those the center backs. I, I think they're done. I think oh. Chiellini and Bonucci. I think I think it's their time. Hmm. At least at this level, at least at high level international. Bro, uh, what's his name? Chiellini got smoked by Di Maria mm-hmm. for that hmm. second goal. Like he ran past them in a matter of like fifteen yards. Yeah, he. You know, he ran past him so fast that it gave me a podcast idea and I think in a few weeks I saw, I saw that we're gonna we're gonna talk about why certain players get faster or slower when they get older and why others don't yeah, um, I mean there's a he's being mentioned to come to the MLS now so we'll see what happens with that MLS. young South American dudes that'll run past them here too they're fast here man <laughs> we're not but, stopped. Uh, overall it, w- it was a good game I was, I was happy to watch um argentina win another one for messi mm. um i know you were you had your question on if it's a real trophy or not and um, mm. what's your answer on that you, you consider it a real trophy i i do i do i consider it at the same level of a community shield or possibly a nation's league or um a uefa super cup of something of that nature yeah so I, those are yeah. those are trophies you know when when you a lot of managers they dream of winning the treble or what pep did a few years ago when he won the sextuple with barcelona people consider that you know six trophies you know so why wouldn't we consider this a trophy when uefa said it is and comable said it is those are two pretty yeah. credible you know sources and there was a real trophy there so yeah, I'm with, no, I'm with you too. on that. So, I too. like, yeah, I'm not about to put it at the level of like a Champions League trophy or Euro or World Cup, but I think it definitely has value. I think one thing I've noticed in the last couple of years, um, just working with multiple teams, is when there's a trophy on the line, it doesn't matter like who sponsors it. What is it? you want that trophy? Like, you want mm. to be able to lift that trophy trophy up and celebrate with your teammates. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think. Yes, it's not it's not quite the highest level trophy, but 
Yeah, man, they got to lift up the cup afterwards. Yeah, and they were throwing Messi in the air like he won the World Cup. So yeah, they're getting <laughs> some was, practice in. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> right, that's right. Um, yeah, but speaking of Messi, man, so I I had the the luxury to be able to watch this game start to finish, and the performance I saw out of him, it made me feel bad for the last year of me not considering him the best player in the world. He played out of his mind. The, the energy that he had, the, the, the physicality. I haven't seen him run like that in probably, you know, he ran like that at the Copa, but before that, not for years, like, man, he was, he was on one. And it, it really showed that he, he was the one running the show. And at one point, there was a 20-minute span where he wanted to score and decided not to pass to anybody. And it it didn't happen, but um, it, it was a really nice duel, I think, between Messi and Donnarumma. It was like he was, uh, like he cared again, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I agree. It was really fun watching him play. He, like, he was doing his thing. Right, he, when he wanted to be players, he beat players. He, man, he smoked Di Lorenzo on that one play. I mm. forget exactly which one. It might have been the one with the assist. He just scooped right on by him, like he wasn't even yeah. there. Yep, it was. He, um, he looked it was really incredible. Good. And one one thing that I I think has a lot to do with the success with Argentina recently has been just all the players want to play for him too. Mm. If we look at the rest of this lineup, with the exception of maybe Otamendi, like. They're all relatively young compared to Messi, at least. Mm. So all these dudes, they grew up in their teenage years watching Messi be the best player on the planet from their home country. And yeah. now they get to play with him and maybe help him bring home a World Cup. They helped him bring home a Copa America. Mm. We got these dudes like Lo Celso and like De Paul. Like these dudes, are, these dudes are dogs out there. Like they, they want to, they want to beat everybody. They want to like knock everybody down. And if somebody comes at Messi hard, like <laughs> they will hear it. Yeah. It happened when near the end of the game too. Like, these guys are out there playing for him, and I think that's gonna that makes him want to play for them, and it leads to success for Argentina. Yeah, I um, I remember after the Copa, uh, you actually wrote it down on the notes here, where um, Emmy Martinez, I think his exact quote is, "I will die for Messi for him to win a Copa America." And um, to be completely honest, like dead ass, I don't know if he's joking or not. Like, I I think he might be actually know. serious. Yeah. I think once these once these guys put on that jersey, they they believe it. Yeah, do it. yeah, it is, it is absurd. But the speed that he showed, I was like, man, I didn't know he had still had that turbo. You know, like, yeah, man, what happens when you get a whole season off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh jeez, but uh, you know, I okay, we gotta say something here. These fans in Paris, man, what are they? Uh, why are they booing our guy? I don't know. I mean, I, I like I understand because if if I was if I was a PSG fan and brought in all these players just for the Champions League, and now you've been spoiled by winning every French league except the one to Lille the cup like two years ago, like yeah, you expect to win the Champions League. But I, I think I think they've been spoiled. That hmm? you know. Hmm. They've been spoiled, and they they don't they don't see the players giving a hundred percent effort because these players are, they're paid so much, and like Messi left his 
lifelong club to go join PSG. And what does he really care? Mm. It's kind of my thought. Like, you know, he's there, he's making a check. Yes, he's not going to go out and like walk, but like, is he going to give it 100% for them? Probably not. I mean, to be, if we're being completely honest in terms of pure work rate, he isn't giving a lot for PSG, but. When he was on Barcelona, man, I remember he put in a man of the match performance against Real Madrid one day. Um, I believe he was walking 90% of the time. He was jogging 5%. He was running for four and he sprinted for one. And mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that that drive that like, and I'm going to get you. Like he did a slide tackle. The other, I have never seen him do a slide tackle in my life. <laughs> And yeah, it's been a long time since he did that. It's been a long time. And to start again at what, 34? It's like, man, you really wanna you really want this. And like that's that's cool, man. I respect him. Yeah, I respect it. And yeah, like we said, it, it was a good game. We got uh I think Dybala came in for the third goal, and that was a nice goal too. Even when Messi loses the ball, he gets an assist. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, Dybala really needed that one. He needed that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, um, he, he came on closer to the end of the game. Um Julian Alvarez, he is. I, I I don't know if you saw some of the highlights of when he scored six goals the other day, but oh, um, he's nice. He's Manchester nice. City, man. That, that's a good. That's a good signing, man. I yep. I wouldn't be surprised in terms of pure production if uh, if he matches Holland. I think he's that good. He's a good player. I think give him like a year to get used to England, mm-hmm. and I think long term for sure. Yeah, that's honestly, true. they both need to get used to England. We'll we'll see how that goes. And, um, yeah. He he might be a better fit with the tactical style that Pep has. Yeah, I, I think Holland's gonna you know take some time to get used to like having the ball for like a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and not sprinting from one box to the other. But uh, exactly, we'll that'll be interesting to see. What's good? Definitely talk about that at some point too. Let's go. Um, uh, let's go. USMNT. Yeah. Like, yeah. Did you watch the match the other day? What, what did you see? What are your thoughts? I think pros and cons. I think it was probably the best offensive display that we've seen from the USMNT in a while. Um, I think Brendan Aronson, Aronson said that too. And I like the way that they like got their shape. They um, 4-3-3 is the usual style that we play in. Um, but something that they did a lot in the second half in particular, if I remember correctly, is um, they, kind of, they kind of switched it up. They made it like mm. a 3-2-2-3 three, two, two, three kind of style mm. where they... Um, they had three at the back. They kept Reggie Cannon as the right center back. They had two holding midfielders. And then Christian Pulisic and Brendan Aronson were the two guys up top in the middle. And then we had a striker. Maybe this was the first half. We had Jesus Ferreira up top. We had Tim Weah on the right. And then mm. Jedi Robinson on the left mm. creating with. It, it was kind of fun to watch. Hmm. Um, a different a different style of play that they haven't really demonstrated against some of the teams in CONCACAF. And I think it's important to display some variability in style of play leading up to the world cup. So you're not so predictable against teams like England and um, mm-hmm. all these teams, you know, they're going to be able to watch tape for months now. So it'll be mm-hmm. good to have some variability and make the other teams think twice. Mm-hmm. It was a good performance. Christian Pulisic's first touch is on point. Oh, yes. 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 yes is, uh, what do you yeah. think of the game? So I watched the first half and my immediate and I think strongest uh, opinion from that is Aronson in the midfield is absolute class, especially when the the midfield wins the ball back deeper in our half and we need to 
advance the ball before we create a chance moving forward. He he is really good at that. And Mm -hmm. I think he's really patient in playing the ball once he gets it. And that gives the rest of the forward line time to move forward. Um, I think that's really important. And it's interesting to see him um, play with the rest of the midfield because our, our, our true 100% midfield isn't here yet. I mean, McKinney just came back and Adams, you know, he, he takes some time to, to get into the groove of things. But I, when was the last time the United States was able to field their full strength midfield in a competitive match? It's, it's been a while. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where Aronson plays, where Musa plays. And if they both happen to play on the same, at the same time as uh, Adams and McKinney, um, I, I, I think one of them is going to have to be a, a super sub and um, maybe it's Aronson because he's a player that, you know, when he goes on the field, he like, he changes the game a bit. Like he brings a, a certain intensity um, not to say Musa doesn't, but I feel like over 90 minutes, Musa can make a really good impact, but if you give him 20, maybe it's not the same versus Aronson. It's he can make an impact a little bit shorter, but, um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I really like those two tough. players. Yeah, and those are always tough decisions for coaches, and I know that firsthand recently. It's like, how do you decide who to start and who to come in as a sub if they both deserve it? Mm. It just comes down to who might have a better mentality as a sub or who like brings that dynamism that can change it up real quick. Huh, huh. So, like, go deeper on that. Like, what are what are some things you look at in particular? Uh, so, I mean, you, you touched on it already. Like, the way Brendan Aronson plays, it's, like, it's full speed all the time. Mm. And he has like the physical talent and the work ethic that he can do that for 90 minutes mm-hmm. but he can also by, by having that ability to just be intense at all times when he, if he comes in for 30 minutes he's you're gonna notice him mm. versus Yunus Musa honestly I think he's like a silky smooth player I mm. love watching him on the ball very mm-hmm. press resistant barely loses the ball mm-hmm. beautiful passes um but less of that like in your face, like I'm sprinting at you and like I'm catching you and I'm tackling you, like kind of style of play. So mm-hmm. I think his game might be a little bit more suited to starting and just being there all game long, potentially being stepped out when you might not notice the same kind of difference if you were to come in in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that may also have to do with the fact that for the U.S. he plays center midfield versus on Valencia, he's been playing a lot of right midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit more of a wide player getting further like up and down and having that dedicated outside role. So that, that's what I would think about. And I, I just I think that the cohesion that um, Adams, McKinney, and Musa have built together is something you don't really want to be breaking up. Mm. It's um that that is true. That is true. And when you watch Musa, you could tell that like, oh, this guy I can see how he can play in La Liga. Because he's he's yeah. very comfortable. You trust him with the ball and he makes really good and thought out decisions. Yeah, um, I mean, he's been a consistent player for Valencia since yeah. he's been 18 years old. Like, yeah. That's nuts. That's a top club. That's a top club. Um, what other thoughts you got from the game? Um, Haji Wright getting getting some game time. Um, I don't know if you remember him, but uh, he's been around for a while now. He's 24 now, and he just made his debut. He had a crazy like second half of the season in Turkey. He scored, like, I think it was like eight goals in nine games for Antalya Sport. Mm. Um 
So, I mean, obviously the U.S. has had a little bit of struggle with striker recently, so bringing in some fresh blood, and then Christian Pulisic gave him the PK for his first goal. Hmm. Dude is, you know, I think if he can get some goals, if he can get some touches and involved with everybody, I think I think he could be a good striker going forward. Um, hmm. he, he, he has the physical tools for sure, like, looking mm. at him like he's kind of he's physically imposing like mm-hmm. i was like nice man you know this dude can get some headers but also like he has the touch and the ability to kind of create with everybody like mm-hmm. I, I like the potential um and then i'm interested to see what ends up happening at the center back position um miles hmm. robinson's out because of his achilles injury um so i think i think it was aaron was it aaron long mm. yeah long is the one that played today next to Zimmerman, who I think is cemented started starter. But I think Chris Richards might have something to say once he comes back from injury. And then we also got CCV and um, Eric Palmer Brown. So mm. I don't know. I think all those players could be deserving. I think Zimmerman's the only one that's like locked in starter World Cup. Man, when I was uh, watching them in Orlando, I, I noticed two things in person one about Zimmerman and one about Pulisic. Uh, one is Zimmerman. That boy can jump high. Like it's like high. It, it's tough to see it on TV, but he is very athletic. Um, two is that, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would play Pulisic as a striker just because in person, he's kind of small, man. Like he's he looks small on TV. Yeah. <laughs> he looks smaller in person. Sorry, Christian. But, uh, but, um, Maybe if you're playing possession or maybe if the other team is playing possession and you're constantly on the counter and you know you're not going to have possession in their third, then then yeah. Um, I, I was really impressed by the composure he scored on the U.S.'s goal when he passed it off. Um, I, I thought that was very unselfish because, you know, in that position, nine out of ten players would take the shot, as you would expect them to. Um, yeah. But he laid it off, which I thought I thought was nice. I also do think that Pulisic is really good at penalties. I mean, credit to him for passing it off. But uh, wow, like he is he is solid on pens. Uh, I, I think yeah. that is a very underrated trait for a national team to have. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's a he's a very talented player. I mean, the reason he hasn't had consistent playtime at Chelsea, in my opinion, is just the occasional injury. But when he comes in and he gets consistent time, overall, I would say he becomes a very dangerous player for them. Hmm. And hopefully he gets more playing time before the World Cup so he can continue improving. Yeah, yeah. It'll um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him at Chelsea and Chelsea in general. Um, but yeah, that'll be fun to, to watch moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, my final thoughts on this game is it was, it was nice to see... Joe Scali finally play. It's been a whole like Twitter debate over the last year if he should be on the roster and whatnot. Mm. Um, so it's good to see him play. I, definitely not a penalty kick. Shouldn't have been a foul, but unfortunate that was called against him. And uh, it was good to see Malik Tillman play. Dude from Bayern Munich too. I think oh, he he's, has he's a young kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just um, he just switched over from Germany to the U.S. Um, mm. He was on the Germany U21 team. Mm. And he switched over to the U.S. Along with a, another dude who just switched over from Nottingham Forest. Um, mm. Pardon me, I don't remember his name at the moment. But I think a good thing for the U.S. is that we're not making huge deals out of players choosing to play for the U.S. as much anymore. Mm, that is true. 
you know, like I, yeah, I'm happy true. Malik Tillman chose the U.S., but I think he's one for the future. I don't mm. think that this World Cup depends on him being successful. Mm. I think that's important for the team. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I, your team should be competitive. You shouldn't be uh, begging players to join. And I mean, maybe it, it'll be nice. You know, every every national team has their little perks and quirks when it comes to recruiting and with the u.s being a a very global nation um we can we can pull a lot of players from a lot of places that most countries can't so i i think this is something that maybe can you know if you have a, a national team of 18 23 players if you can maybe develop five or six from mls academies and uh, five or six kind of come through the cracks like Pulisic did and you can recruit another five or six that are maybe dual nationals that have some sort of American heritage you know that's 15 players 15 18 players that that could be really really good um, so yeah I think we'll see more of that in the future especially as MLS gets better and more players maybe want to play here I agree great points thanks well, um, that is that is all we got for today. I hope you guys enjoy the show. We will be back next week with um, maybe we'll do our, our pace discussion next week. And um, maybe we'll talk about why certain players get slower. Certain players don't get slower, like Angel Di Maria. And uh, we'll break it down for you. And maybe we'll give you some tips if you're getting older as well on how to keep your speed. So um, thanks for listening. Be sure to get five stars. And we'll see you all next week.